Stay tuned to part of the IWEP Podcast Network. Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noah Houlihan. We've come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we'll analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, or only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. Ah, science. So today we are doing One Way Out. Yes, this is a very special episode for episode 150. 150. <laughs> Tried to say it at the same time, but we said the numbers differently. Yeah. 150. 150. And uh, we've been waiting to do this one for quite some time. Thank you so much for bearing with us as we had to take a few breaks. Uh, you might hear a few sniffles on Sorry. this. Uh, uh, from I le- both of us. No, I legitimately could not record last week. Yes. Uh, there was not a day in the entire week where my voice would have held out for over half an hour. Yes, this is very true. So thank you so much for bearing with us because we wanted to do this episode and make sure it was very special because this is one of the shows that really started to give birth to the idea of Stay Doomed. Yes. We went on this weird kick where we watched some shows that were like, let's just watch stuff that didn't last long. Yeah. And this, I believe, was the first one we watched. Was One Way Out on Netflix at the time. Uh, We would also go on, and these are things that we have watched, but then just before we had a show, uh, to do America's Most Smartest Model. Yes. And I know we started The Tick. Yeah, I don't know what happened. But yeah, but we enjoyed it. We just stopped. But... It's the sh- this is the show that kind of placed the the idea in the back of our minds of what if we just watch shows that like no one else had really watched that didn't get their due we just dug them up and we did like a grave digger theory because I would start digging I I would start digging because mm-hmm. I'd be like what happened to this show or what happened to that person so I would like fall down a Google hole and then the next time I saw Noah because this was a very long time ago yeah uh, we did not live together at this point. Uh, and I would come up with all this, like, weird information. Yeah. So we kind of fell in love with the idea of these little off-cast shows that have been forgotten and uh, shining new lights on them. So we're finally here, episode 150, and this is One Way Out, which you can watch on Discovery+. Plus. Yes. So before we get into it, let's pour one out. What do you got there, Laura? I am still getting over whatever, uh, non-COVID, right. so the good news is it wasn't COVID, but whatever plague I had last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have some hot tea okay, with raw local honey uh, from bees, because Jonathan Goodwin spends the entire first episode of the show covered in bees. Covered in bees. That makes sense. What are you doing? Okay, so... Uh, oh, I, I don't like anything I my, see. My name's Noah Houlihan, and today I wanted to investigate the idea of hot and cold together, like liquids that are also uh, hot. So, well, first thing we're going to do is I have the keys uh, to some handcuffs. What? No. So, I'm going to enter that into the glass first, and then... Did you, like, wipe those off? Yeah, they're clean. They're clean. And then, uh, for, like, the base, I have 
flaming hot Mountain Dew. Where did you find that? I found it at the Wawa. I so this, hate. This is flaming hot flavored Mountain Dew. I despise uh, it is everything. Dew with a blast of heat and cis- citrus. A little citrus in there. All right. And then I have some cinnamon whiskey. Some cinnamon whiskey uh, fireball. So we're going to add all that to the glass. Okay. And then we have the shot of whiskey. There we go. And then I have these police-grade handcuffs. So I'm going to put these on my wrists. I can tell they're legit because they say police. Yes, you know they're real because they say police on them. So and definitely not from, like, the store. Well, I mean, these are metal hair. You do not believe me? Listen to that metal. Oh, these are... Quite heavy. Yeah, these are these are real handcuffs I got off the internet. So I'm gonna lock my wrists. There's one. All right. So now, uh, the only way I'll be able to get out of these handcuffs for the rest of this podcast is I have to drink my beverage here. So I have to endure the flaming hot Mountain Dew and the cinnamon Fireball uh, in order to get my keys back. So let me just take a sip and see. Ah. Oh, oh no. Oh, I'm going to be in handcuffs for the remainder <laughs> of this episode. Should I try the Flaming Hot Mountain Dew? If you really want to, you can. All right, guys. It doesn't smell terrible. Here's... I, I won't... I won't spoil it until you try it. There you go. So here's the thing. It tastes like Mountain Dew. Oh, no. And then, like, surprise, it's terrible. (laughs) Oh, no. And you're like, oh, this is delicious Mountain Dew. It's just Mountain Dew with, like, spice at the end of it. Yeah, so, like... Like, they didn't try to make it a flavor. It's just gross. Yeah, it just hits you in the back of the throat later. Like, if it wasn't bright red... If it looked like Mountain Dew, you could convince someone it was normal Mountain Dew that someone had messed with. Uh, so hopefully by the end of this, I'll get out of these handcuffs. Oh my god! Uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's jump into one way out uh, with Jonathan Goodwin. Uh, it starts immediately with "Don't try this at home," and yet here I am. So just to remind you, despite appearances, I am in fact a trained professional. And you should not attempt anything that I do in this television show. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> so I'm not listening. I knew you had bought the Flaming Hot Mountain Dew. Everything else here is a delightful surprise. Mm. Oh, I'm still, still drinking it. Well, I need my handcuffs to get, come off. You could have put the keys in, like, a smaller glass. I could have, but then it wouldn't be a challenge. This is episode 150. I had to do something special. I I would have done something special too, guys, but... (coughs) Yeah, right. I completely understand. Uh, So... I almost started coughing again when I took a sip of that monstrosity. Yeah, it's not... It's not great. It's not enjoyable. It's not a beverage. So I want to introduce our three characters here. Because we only have three people who we really... Yeah. Uh, There's Jonathan Goodwin, who is an escape artist, and he is the lead of the show. Right. There is uh, Mikey Nelson... Who is Jonathan's friend and sidekick. Yeah. He's often holding the camera, 
uh, sometimes he is, especially in these early segments, he's usually uh, helping Jonathan set up the first segment of the show. Yeah. And then Terry Stroud is the engineering expert. Right. And he usually sets up the third segment of every show, which is the big escape. Yes. So, and th- that's basically all we'll see. There's will be an occasional expert that pops in every now and then. But like once every three or four episodes. Right, right. So for our first uh, episode, we are kind of experimenting with the idea of being stung. Yes. So each episode opens with an insane escape that Jonathan has kind of come up with. In his house. Always in his house. Yeah, that he wants to try to endure. And I want to emphasize, in his house. Not outside his house, like in his yard where it would make sense. Yeah, this is, he's at his kitchen table. And what he has done is he has drilled holes into his table. He is going to ask Mikey to zip tie him to the table. Yes. And then next to him is an emperor scorpion. In a thing of Tupperware that's, like, hidden under a towel. Yeah, like, it's in whatever he got it from from the PetSmart. Yes. Like, the little terrarium. Because he says, like, he got it at a pet store. Uh, Wasn't it? I thought he was just in, like, a bowl. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he just kind of looked like he's just, like, in a Tupperware. Yeah, he's Not, like, in a terrarium. Yeah, it's not his home. (laughs) It's a bowl. He then asks Mikey... To take the scorpion and put the scorpion in Jonathan's mouth and then close it with duct tape. Yes. So then, the and this is kind of like terms he likes to use for his escapes. Yes. The zip ties are the restraints. Yes. The scorpion is the jeopardy. Yeah, it's a thing that's harmful to him. Yeah, the reason he wants to escape. Because I guess if there was no scorpion, he'd just chill all day. Yeah. And he needs... There'd be no urgency. Yeah. So he needs to slip out of the zip ties, untape his mouth to remove the emperor scorpion that's in there. Yep. So at this time, I'd like to to point out that uh, I'm always on the lookout out when it comes to like magician shows and escape shows yeah for clever editing yes and things like that and i'm gonna say right now there are a few things i think i picked up on where i'm like wait this is editing but it's not what you think okay my opinion of this i think this is a poor choice for a first stunt I, I'm always very loath to involve animals. Right. Like, and he doesn't do it in any other episode. He doesn't really involve unwitting creatures oh, well, outside of this episode. And the, the finale. Yes. Um, but in this one, like, the, the poor little scorpion doesn't want to go in his mouth. Well, what I want to say is there's, this is a thing that's very easy to fake. Yeah. Like, you do a shot opening the mouth and putting the scorpion in. You tape the mouth closed. You cut. You remove the tape. You remove the scorpion. And then you retape his mouth. I think a lot of people may have thought that this is how this was done. Personally, I don't believe that. I believe that Jonathan Goodwin actually did do this. Yes. I 
also, though, feel like this is a bit he's done many times. Like, we are meant to believe that he surprises Mikey with this scorpion. And yeah. And Mikey doesn't know that there's a scorpion. But Mikey is far too comfortable picking up a scorpion yes. that he didn't know was there while still filming with the other hand. <laughs> yeah, like, if you don't know anything... Because we do know they sting. so And yes. he seems to know how to pick up a scorpion in a way where he doesn't get stung. Yes. Which is not something that, like, laymen tend to know. Yes. Mikey then goes... Hey, do you want to know what would really suck? Mm -hmm. Is if I slapped you in the face right Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he slaps Jonathan in the face with the scorpion in his mouth. Yeah. That, to me, seems too... Almost vaudevillian. To just be like, this is clearly, like, the act. My guess... And because I'm, I'm not a magician. I'm really not. But I did study things like escapology and uh, magic for a while because I found it interesting. My guess is he has complete control over the scorpion with his tongue. Mm-hmm. He's probably got it nicely sandwiched up against the roof of his mouth. Yes. Uh, and this is a bit they've done many times. Like I felt like if you went to Jonathan's show, this is something you'd see. I, I agree because I also think... Otherwise, it seems like too um, too much potential to hurt the scorpion. Yeah. And this was airing in 2009. Right. People, the social media existed at this point. There would have been blowback for harming animals. Right. Uh, the other thing I, I'm going to say that I caught is, the, is Jonathan's in great shape. Uh, and the zip ties are very high up on his arms. That would give him slack to pull his hand out because it's not tight against his wrist, which would be the most select, like slim part of his arm. The fact that it's up higher gives him room to kind of like wiggle out. Uh, but I would say, for the most part, on on terms of legitimacy, this is like a nine. I think the thing that they're hiding is how planned this is, but I don't think they're faking anything with this. Yeah. Uh, so, he escapes and removes the scorpion from his mouth. Yeah. Just see, just don't take that for granted. Because sometimes, he doesn't escape. <laughs> yeah, I... And then, at the very end, like, Mikey does repeat, repeatedly smack Jonathan yeah. in the face. So, like, he does get the scorpion out. He does get stung at least once. Yes. But, like, they establish it's not... One sting is not going to, like, incapacitate, seriously harm, mm-hmm. or kill Jonathan. Right. It is kind of analogous to, like, another bug bite. Mm-hmm. So, I do realistically think Jonathan gets stung at least once. I'm on the fence. I, I could believe that he's been stung in the mouth many times by a scorpion, so he knows how it feels. Mm-hmm. But then the next segment of this show is he's, set, he's preparing <sighs> for a stunt where he will be... Covered in bees. Literally covered. And uh, he's going to be in a chained into a box that's on top of a washing machine. And when the washing machine starts, the bees will be agitated. Will be agitated by the shaking. So to prepare for this, him and Mikey go to a bee expert to be stung by bees and spin the wheel of pain. Yes. 
They spin a wheel, and that's where they have to get stung. Jonathan gets stung in the palm of the hand. Yes. And screams, that hurts worse than the scorpion. And I, my first thought was, really? <laughs> You'd rather get stung in the mouth by a scorpion than a bee in the palm of your hand? You're going to have a bad time with this escape if this is true. <laughs> he also gets stung in the bum. He is also gets stung in the bum. Uh, this is a weird... We also find out 2,443 stings is the maximum someone has survived. Yes. That was an interesting fact. What a terrible world record to have framed in your home. Yeah. Like, I survived the most bee stings. Uh, here's another like little tiny bit of evidence that they're not faking things. Mm-hmm. They spit... Mikey has to spin the wheel. Mikey has to get stung... On the tip of the nose. Mm. Which I was like, that's gotta be terrible. Yeah. And they show it, and you see everything. Like, you see the stinger go into his nose, you see the stinger get removed. Mm. Like, you see everything. Mikey spins later, and it lands on the nose. Yeah. For TV reasons, you would have him spin again. Because we've already saw him get sting, stung on the nose. But they just roll with it. He just has to do it again. And I was like, oh, I guess this wheel's legitimate. Surprise. Interesting. Interesting choice by Jonathan here. Uh, so they they both like freak out a lot when they get stung by bees. Yes. Uh, because getting stung by a bee hurts like the dickens. Yeah. <laughs> so... Not really um, making me feel too secure about this escape that he's going to have to do. And uh, we see a lot of... This is one of the escapes that has required the most preparation for Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, He's going to be covered in 200,000 bees. Yes. And this will weigh 20 to 30 pounds. Yeah, it's a lot of bees. He has to wear a specific suit, Mm -hmm. and it's a body stocking. Yes, he wears a body stocking to kind of keep the bees... On him. On him? Like, it's it's not to protect him. It's so that the bees have something to latch onto. Yes. Uh, and then the expert covers him in bee pheromone. Yes. Um, we also... we He's wearing mittens with his wrists wrapped in duct tape. Yes. Because this is part of the escape. Yes. So the, the, the restraints... We know the Jeopardy, the bees. <clears throat> yes. The restraints are woolly mittens... That have been duct taped over his hands. Yes. And then once he gets that off, he needs to undo three shoelaces. Yeah, that are just tied in knots. That are tying this this box closed that he's in. So <laughs> he gets in there and they give him like a ridiculously low amount of time to get out before the washing machine starts. But 30 seconds, I believe. 30 seconds. And they they fly by. After the 30 seconds, the washing machine starts and shakes Jonathan. And Jonathan's like like he's on a boat. He's shake, shimmying and shaking. In. And he gets the, the uh, mittens off. And he's saying like, I'm being stung a lot already. Yes. Like, there's voiceover of him saying, I've been stung a lot already, but I have to stay cool because if I freak out, I'll be stung more. Yes. 
he gets the first two uh, shoelaces done, mm-hmm. and then he's like, I can't get the third one. Get me out. Yeah. And they cut the last shoelace, and he gets out, and then they free him from the bees. Now, he does say, like, it took takes 45 minutes to load the bees on. Right. So he talks about it being hot. Like, yes. he's hot and uncomfortable before the thing even starts. Mm-hmm. So before the escape even starts, he's already kind of, like, stretched his endurance. Yes. And he does get stung, like, a lot. Yes. Uh, when it comes to, like, the shaking of the washing machine, I don't know how much that's actually doing, in my opinion. Because, like, to not fall over, you would want to maintain your center of gravity. Yeah. So, like, your legs would shake, but you would keep your core center. Yeah. So, it's one of those things where I wish he had just said that. Like, I think it makes the Jeopardy more interesting if he was just like, once the washing machine goes, keeping my balance will be the Jeopardy. Yes. Uh, So, I'll have to focus on getting free and remaining standing. And if I fall while covered in bees... It's going to hurt. Yeah. I wish he had included something more like that than the, the way this is currently done. That being said, this is very entertaining to watch. Yes. So, uh, we are one episode down. We are two stunts down. And he's got a 50% success rate. Yeah. Oh, when they, they do... There's a really cool shot when he jumps out. Mm-hmm. Where the majority of the bees jump off. Yes. But the bees who are still on him are now just pissed. Yeah. So Dr. Gary, the bee expert, is using compressed air to, like, spray them off him. Mm-hmm. But one does get into the body stocking. Yeah. And stings him. Yes. You can see it's in his ear. Yeah. So the Jeopardy is, in fact, very real in this show. Absolutely. Uh, this will not be the first time, or the last time that I bring this up, but uh, very similar to a jackass stunt. Yes. <laughs> it's very similar to the bikini that Knoxville does in, like, episode two of Jackass. Yeah, and Jackass did it in 2006. Yes. Not that it's a bad thing. Just a, a fun thing that I I noticed. Episode two. Uh, episode two, this might be my favorite, like, opening stunt. This is... He has brought in an entire, like, jungle gym. To yes. his living room. He is going to be hung upside down. He starts the episode in the inversion table. Well, it's not an inversion table. It's a jungle gym. <laughs> but he's wearing gravity boots. Yes. <laughs> it's a budget inversion table. Yes. Yeah, all of these in his house stunts, uh, everything about the show actually wants to look cheap. Yes, which I find very interesting. I don't think the show is as cheap as the show wants you to think it is. Right. The show clearly wants to project DIY low-budget aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, So, Jonathan is going to be suspended upside down wearing gravity boots from this jungle gym. And he's going to have his head in a Tupperware of water while he wears a straitjacket. So he's going to be in a straitjacket, and then the way this, like, lid works is it's around his head. Yeah. And then they, like, clip it into a container of water. Yes. So he, the only thing underwater is his head. And 
probably the best moment of this episode. He's like, if I can't get out of this jacket in time, yeah. okay, what I will do is this. I will shake my head. At that point, you need to do two things. You need to get my head out of the box, and you also need to undo my arms. Which one do you want first? Head out of the box. Great. Yeah, because that will give me the ability to breathe again. So Mikey films as Goodwin tries to do it, and it takes him one minute and 18 seconds to get out. Yes. He does successfully do it. It's very interesting to watch him break out of this straitjacket. And he kind of comes up and he says, like, so I'm learning, like, how to breathe and how to control my breath while being underwater. But for my next stunt, I'm going to be doing it in ice. And holding your breath underwater in cold water is harder. For a science show, I'd like to know why. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll just take his word for it. And then the uh, the second segment, which is usually the uh, kind of experimenty segment, mm-hmm. they go into an ice house. Yes. And he and Mikey have to sit in barrels of ice water and then do like little kids like peg in the hole puzzles. Yes. And it's to... to they see- sit in there for two minutes at a time to see how it'll affect... Their body temperature and their cognitive ability. Yeah. So it's basically the effect cold has on the body. And they try to, like, undo knots, but their hands don't work. Mikey bails eventually. It's like, I'm not getting back in the ice bath. I don't... I'm not an escape artist. I am a cameraman. But because Jonathan is a crazy escape artist, he's like, no, I'm going to go back in again. (laughs) And Mikey just watches him for the last time as he continues to dunk himself in ice water. And it takes them double the time, because they did a control where they did the peg in the hole puzzle. Yes. Fine. And it takes them double the amount of time. Yes. Uh, I would have loved to have watched them just do the childhood peg in the hole puzzle as the control. I'd love to have just watched that footage. Like that. <laughs> Triangle, go here. <laughs> and then we get into the the big stunt. And it's a water tight container that will be sealed with a slab of ice. Yes. And Terry tells us that it started its life as a steel dumpster. Yeah, it's clearly a steel dumpster, but they've added, like, a window. Yeah. And he builds Goodwin a pair of, like, icebreaker boots mm-hmm. so that he can break through with his feet. Yes. While saying the following two sentiments. You can walk on two inches of ice. We have three inches of ice. <laughs> yeah. And, and I quote... This is going to really suck, so you know. Yeah, <laughs> just so you know. Uh, I wanted just to say what these boots are. Yes. They are plain work boots with, like, a metal thing at the bottom. Yeah, it, it is DIY ice skates. Yeah, kind like, of. Like, DIY knife shoes. <laughs> DIY knife shoes is what he's wearing. Also, that's, that's my new ring name. DIY knife shoes? Yeah, that sounds cool. It's a good... And it's hilarious. He's also chained to a block of ice that is weighted down. Yes, that, that's what I wanted to point out. The thing to make him sink to the bottom is he's going to be chained to a block of ice. And the way the chains are, you have to kind of just... He's going to just kind of wiggle his way out of it. It seems to me like there was a meeting where they're like, oh, tie me to a block of ice and that'll be what I sink with. Mm-hmm. And then they got to the day and they're like, yo, ice floats. Yeah. Because then later they're like, we've frozen some weights. <laughs> Put ice around it. An attempt was made. Uh, 
yeah, it's it's really funny, but uh, I also love the look of him in just like a speedo and work boots yes. <laughs> with knives on them. Uh, so they throw Jonathan Goodwin into the dumpster. Yep. And then they put a slab of ice lid over top of him. And we watch as he fights to free his hands. And he's underwater for quite a bit. About a, a little over a minute. Yeah, it's... And as you know, it is harder to hold your breath in cold water. Uh, as as so he says. Uh, <laughs> like, I know that is true. I know that is a fact. But I'd love to know why. Yeah. <laughs> After he escapes, Terry announces he is now comfortable depriving Jonathan of oxygen. Yeah. He had been worried. Yeah, but now they're comfortable with this idea. And now he's at a 75% success rate. Yes. Uh, This is an awesome episode uh, because I think it's something more relatable than being covered in bees. Like, I feel like the fear of, like, falling through ice is something that is more like, relatable as a viewer. I know there are people that are, like, afraid of bees. Yeah. But... But you're not likely to be in a situation (laughs) where there are 200,000 bees on you. Yeah, you might run into some bees, but I don't think they're going to all be attached to you. Not 20 pounds of it. Uh, I honestly think this should have been episode one. Yeah. Uh, Because all of... Everything is very visual. Like, being hung upside down with the stray jacket in the water. Very visible. Uh, the uh, the dumpster. Very visible. The being in the tubs of water and establishing Mikey as a character. Yeah. Like, does this with him. All very visual, all very effective. And Terry does considerably more in this episode. Yeah. Terry didn't do as much in the first episode. No. Because we spent more time with Dr. Gary, the bee expert. Yes, yes. Who we never see again because we don't work with bees again. Don't work with bees again. My only reason why I think this episode might have been... I have two reasons. One, I think they might have just shown these in order that they've recorded them. Yeah. Which is entirely possible. And two, I think it's important to Jonathan to show that sometimes he's not going to get out. So I think it was important to him for him to fail the bees. Yeah. And and I think he wanted to show that kind of like realness of this is legitimate. We're not going to just edit it to make it look like I get out. Sometimes I will fail. I think it might have been wiser to make himself look like a superstar in episode one. This way when he loses in episode two, it's more of a big deal. But that's just my opinion. I do like that it sets up immediately, like, it also sets up stakes Yeah, really well of, like, it's his show. Of course he's going to make it. Oh, wait. Yeah, oh, wait. So, episode three is uh, Gravity and Falling. Gravity. Um, what, was that Wicked or John Mayer? That was John Mayer. Okay. It was ambiguous. <laughs> ambiguous gravity. It still kind of sounds like Wicked. I'm going to be honest. I thought it was uh, uh, Dave Matthews. <laughs> so I'm unsure. Gravity. In any case. I'm flying high, defying gravity. You're doing it to the melody of defying gravity is the I'm issue. I'm only saying one word. <laughs> In any case... Gravity. Uh, gravity. So, 
I think this is one of the coolest episodes here. But literally the opening of this spoils everything that's going to happen. Yes. Like if you want the first couple seconds of this, you know absolutely every beat we're going to hit in this episode. Yeah. He wants to explore gravity. So the best way to do that is with, of course, a domino rally. Yes, uh, it's a. It reminds me of the board game Mousetrap. Yes. Apparently, Terry has spent all day just rigging up ramps for bowling balls and different like ways for doors to fall and all this other stuff. And Jonathan will have ninety seconds before, at the end of the domino rally. A full-on door strikes him. Yeah, will just fall into his back. And he has metal plumber's tape on his head, hands, and feet. So he's, like, screwed in. Yeah, he's totally screwed. And Mikey's like, I don't know about this. And I have written down the following quote. It's called being an escape artist, Michael. (laughs) It is great that it's Michael that he's talking to. Mm -hmm. These are escapes, tricks of a horse. Uh... Jonathan was in a show in the West End called The Illusionists. Oh, really? Because tricks are for horse. <laughs> um, so Jonathan has 90 seconds to escape. Yes. Before the door hits him. Before the door hits him. This is the first one where he's attached and I'm like, this doesn't seem possible. Like, so, most times when it comes to like escape artists, it's a thing of like, Oh, there's locks to be picked. There's no locks to be picked. There's no tool here. It's not like he's trying to cut himself out with pliers. It's just like, we've attached you to this piece of wood. Escape. Yeah, he just has to wriggle free. Yes. He does not. No. And a door falls on him and he yells. Yeah, I I have a little more detail. After 30 seconds, he has freed one foot. After... 30 more seconds, he's only freed his feet. Yes. So, in that last 30 seconds, he cannot get his head and hands out. The door hits him mostly in the back. Yeah. And we hear, you all right? No. No. (laughs) Now, there was a smoke alarm that was supposed to be the last signal. Yeah, to warn him he had like five seconds left. And it didn't go off, right? Didn't work. It turns out they had failed to realize that the flame would take a few seconds to reach mm-hmm. the smoke alarm. I feel like I would have got out if I'd had my warning. One piece doesn't work, and that's why it didn't work. That's why you couldn't escape. Do it. I want to see it. Where was the beep? It didn't beep. <laughs> Where's the beep? Beep, 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 beep. The timing there is great. Yeah. This is my first time that I get a little suspicious about the show. Yeah. But not in the way that you think. I go into the show thinking, oh, it's, you know, about an escape artist. There might be some trick photography here. On the other end of it, I don't think Jonathan was ever going to escape from this. Uh, The way that he's tied down is the safest way for him to take the door. Yeah. Like, had he has freed his head, let's say, and he were to pull his head up, mm-hmm. the door then just hits him flush on the top of the head. Yes. So, like, it is much safer that he's laying down like that. Uh, 
So I kind of get a suspicion of like, it is better television for him to get hit with this door. Mm-hmm. Like if he just got up and got away, it'd be kind of like, eh, all right. We watched a cool mousetrap and he yeah. got away. It is definitely better to go, ah, I got skished. And like, knowing what I know about doors. What, what do you know about doors? Uh, that you can get pretty flimsy doors that are fairly hollow inside, not yes. very heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know this from professional wrestling. Right. Of uh, sometimes people go through doors that are uh, not as thick or solid as they could be. Yeah. I don't think that's with these doors, though. <laughs> I would bet the last door is not like a thick storm door. Yeah, I wouldn't say that it's, you know, a panic room door. <laughs> but but I would say it's like more of what you would use in the interior of a house versus the exterior of a house. Right, okay, that makes sense. Because, like, if I really had to, I could probably get through, like, a bedroom door in a house. Yeah. With a weapon or something. Like, I could smash my way through. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you could do a, a, a shining. Yes. But the door that'll go to, like, the outside of your house is usually made of something more solid. Because it's mm-hmm. meant to keep the elements out. It's not meant to keep your little brother out. Right. So I'm sure that last door is not the thickest and most dangerous door. I think there are some precautions taken that, like... Jonathan's not going to get absolutely bodied on the initial stunt. I I agree. What happens in the next episode makes me doubt this, <laughs> if I'm being real. Uh, but we'll get to that in a little bit. So we are learning about gravity in this one. And that was the first uh, explanation, or the first like delve into it. He now has to prepare... For he will be lifted up with a crane. 30 in like a pouch. 30 feet in the air. And he will have to uh, escape from chains with a padlock. Mm-hmm. Uh, before falling 30 feet onto some old mattresses they happen to have. Yeah, like uh, legitimately like a pile of junk mattresses. Yeah. And... They need to figure out a way to dis- to slow down his descent. Yes. So they go to a pool and they jump off of a high dive. And they're trying to defy gravity. So he does it with Mikey, but Mikey is like the control. And they're going to see how he, he, we can slow down Jonathan. So it's Jonathan jumping, like, while holding an umbrella <laughs> or, like, a pool raft. Just, like, trying, like, a parachute. It turns out none of them work. It's funny. It's funny. Uh, they, they There's also, like, a bit where, like, Goodwin kind of, like, bullies Mike for being heavy. This happens quite a bit. But especially this one. Uh, I did think it was funny that the parachute was the least helpful. Yes, because it takes a moment to deploy. While the uh, inflatable raft and the sheet of polystyrene were actually somewhat helpful. Yes. Not enough. Not enough. But, like, they did slow him down slightly. So, instead of getting really injured, he would get pretty injured if he used any of these. 
uh, methods. So Terry's plan to keep Jonathan from uh, getting injured is when he escapes from the pouch, uh, he has to grab onto duct tape. Yes. Several rolls of duct tape. He's going to grab onto this like wrist loop around his wrist that is attached to several rolls of duct tape so that when he applies like the pressure of his own body weight to it, the tape will like unfield, but the stickiness of it will make him go down slowly rather than just flying down. Yes. We never see them test this. No. <laughs> Which is my favorite thing about this episode, where I'm just like, they they had to have tried it once, right? Like, I assume that they brought Jonathan up there, and he did it once without being restrained. Yeah. To make sure it works. I don't think they do that. No. (laughs) Well, when we get to the escape... Uh, Jonathan, the way that he's, he's got chain for a belt, like it's through his pants loop and they're going to chain his hands. And I should mention, they also drop a dummy. Yes. And that doesn't go great because the dummy like bounces off the mattresses and then like violently. It looks horrible. (laughs) Jonathan just goes, can we get more mattresses? And then they actually get more mattresses. It was pretty nice of them. It never occurs to them to maybe do this over water. No. And my guess is... Because they're already going to do a water episode later. I I would say it's Jonathan being like, there's no real jeopardy if it's water. Yeah, because if he just gets dropped in the water, I guess the idea that he could drown if he's not free. Right. But my, I wouldn't be surprised if water was pitched to Jonathan and he was like, no, mattresses has to be real Jeopardy. Now, I will say in this escape, the, um, the restraints kind of look like kid stuff for Jonathan. Like, they look like yes. escapology, like, 101. I, this is my first time that I really think I catch editing yeah. happening here. He's using like a shim, which is this like little metal thing that you slip into uh, a padlock to kind of free the mechanism that uh, is holding it locked. It's basically the same mechanic whenever you see a movie where they open a door with a credit card. Yes. Basically the same thing. I think there's some editing at play here in that he frees himself with like two seconds to spare. Mm -hmm. I think he's actually out quicker. Yeah, I think he doesn't grab on... I think he, like, is very aware of how much time is left and doesn't grab onto the thing. Yeah, it, it appears like there may have been some editing to make him look worse. Yes. So that there would be more danger. But I think he's too skilled and I think he's out quicker. And I Because there's a lot of, like, quick cuts and stuff in here. Yes. And I'm like, I, I almost think they're making him look worse with editing here. We do get the really cool shot, though, where he throws his arm through one of the loops, but not the other. Oh, was there two? I thought there was only one. Yeah, and then he grabs his own wrist and, like, sails down on the uh, duct tape, and it looks real cool. Oh, it looks real cool. And they use it to introduce a couple other episodes. And he hits the, the mattresses perfectly, and he's just like, hello. The way he reacts 
really makes me believe that was the first time he did it. Yeah, because he was a little... <laughs> like, the genuine feeling of relief and surprise of how well it worked... Yes. <laughs> ...in the room at that moment really made me... I was like, you guys really didn't test this, did you? No. And of course, I could be totally wrong about all the things I just said. This is just me as a skeptical viewer and someone that knows a little bit about, like, escapology and stuff like that. Viewing it through that lens, that's that's the feeling I got from this. Yes. Is that, like, this was actually slapdash and they were hoping it worked. And I think Jonathan did better than the it makes him look. Yes. I, I totally agree that he does better than... It wants us to think he did. Yeah. Uh, And we get that really cool shot. So, we are now at a success, four escapes, failure, two escapes. Because he does succeed on both escapes. Or he does succeed on uh, the big escape this time. Yes. So, he was able to defy gravity. (laughs) And... uh... (laughs) Yeah, because he did fail at the the Domino's escape. Yes. Uh, And now we're going to move into centrifugal force or dizziness. (laughs) Yes. So, this bothers me. The opening shows Jonathan going... As I attempt to escape from the high-powered water wheel of doom. Stop, 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 stop! Which makes me think he's not going to succeed in this one. What a weird thing to put in the opening. I, I think they do want us to think that there are stakes, though. I think they think it's not a good show if he always succeeds. Right. What I'm saying is, I'd like to watch the episode being unsure if he gets out or not. Not being shown in the first minute of the show that he asks them to stop and be freed. Yeah. Rather than escaping on his own. Fair. Uh, so we see that, and then this is very special to me. Okay. Jonathan is loaded into a barrel. Yes, he is. Because he wants to check dizziness and centrifugal force. He is in a barrel. And he has 20 seconds to escape before an air pump will push the barrel down a hill into a pyramid of other barrels. Yes, so he's in this big blue barrel. And he has to get out before he's rolled down this thing. Two things. One, uh, he does not escape here. Nope. This is when I'm positive that there are things he's not meant to escape from. Yes. 20 seconds is not long enough. And man, as a viewer, would I be bummed if I just watched the bald man crawl out and an empty barrel roll down a hill. Yeah, because... No one thinks he's, like, in trouble. Yeah. Like, no one thinks he wouldn't survive it. Uh, two. Does this still look familiar? I think this is another jackass stunt, isn't it? It's not a jackass stunt. This is a Stay Doomed alumni stunt. This is the stunt they fake in Blastazoid. Oh my god, you're right. There is a shot of Rake... Getting into a barrel, a cut, a barrel being thrown down a waterfall, and then a very fake shot of Rake in the barrel going, Oh no, get me out of here, get me out of here. 
But Jonathan Goodwin does this stunt. And I watched it. They show replays. You can clearly see that he's actually in this barrel. Yes. As it barrels down this uh, hill. Not straight either. Like it, it veers and goes like it bumps off of stuff. When they get Jonathan out of this barrel, drenched in, tre- in sweat. Because it's like 100 degrees in the barrel. Yes. I was like, oh, this is all legitimate. And it doesn't need to be. You could totally get away with faking this. Blastozoid does. Yeah. But not Jonathan Goodwin. He's for real. (laughs) And I love him for it. So he does not escape. Uh, And it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's really funny. He is so, so sweaty. And just grumpy when he gets out. Yeah. Because all the barrels are identical. So it takes Mikey a minute to figure out which Which barrel has Jonathan in it. Which again... You'd think with, with like, a stunt team, they'd be like, well, let's let's put, like, a, a stripe on this barrel. Yeah, like a drop of nail polish on this yeah. barrel. What's crazy about this is it's very clear Mikey's the only guy there. Yeah. Because every other camera in this is stagnant. Like, hey. there's no other tracking or anything like that. And the... Uh, Mikey's the one who... Activates the pump. Yeah. Which means he has to run down the hill. Yes. He's not there to help Jonathan. Yeah, all of these are supposed to look very, very DIY. Yes. They're clearly not. What do you mean? I just proved it was. No, but like, we see, like, there's clearly at least one or two other people running cameras and stuff. Are you sure? We see Mikey... On camera during some of these. Not just in the shot he is... Hold, like, Right. What I'm saying is, all the other cameras don't move. True. Like, they are on tripods. Like, they are unmanned. So... I have a, I have a big moment coming up later that I think is really going to put, like, a button on this. Uh, how are you doing, by the way? I'm here? not enjoying this beverage at all. Uh, I mean... Jonathan doesn't always succeed. <laughs> yeah, but you know what the difference is? Uh, Mikey and Terry have been told ahead of time and have agreed to let Jonathan out. I I can spill a Mountain Dew if I want to. Not in my house, you can't. We, we will see. <laughs> so, the next, uh, the, the research area, he's in an office chair. And they're talking... Uh, to a neurologist. Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, a dizziness expert. A dizziness expert. So he's going to spin around in an office chair and then walk a thin line like a drunk test through a field of broken glass. Yeah. No one's making him do this. He does it because this is how his brain works. Now, I want to point out, I, I asked a real neurologist about this. Oh, did you? Yeah. The straight line walk is actually very difficult to do. Even completely unimpaired. Oh, really? Like, doing it perfectly? Yes. Uh, usually, because uh, they have you do it in any number of, like, medical tests and obviously field sobriety tests. And they're not really expecting you to be perfect. Right. So Jonathan has set himself up with something that is already very difficult. Mm-hmm. And then he spins around in an office chair. Yes. So he walks on glass a lot during this. Yeah, so he, he he tries to do it, 
and he steps on some glass and then he does it blindfolded to test if like maybe closing your eyes helps. Yes. And the neurologist is like, no, it's going to make it worse. And he's like, no, I have to test this for science. It's like, we've, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm the specialist. I know. Yeah. He's like, now nah, I'm going to do it anyway. And he gets blindfolded and not only does it not help. Not only does he step on a lot of broken glass, he, he then throws, throws up. <laughs> so to all the emetophobes out there, you might want to skip this one. So the big one this time is the water wheel of doom. Yes. Uh, they will slowly increase the water wheel in speed, and Jonathan has to escape before he is majorly injured. When they try it on a dummy... The dummy's leg rips clean off. Yeah. So, uh, like, uh, imagine one of those, like, wheels from, like, a game show. Yeah. Like, like the, even, like, the Wheel of Fortune wheel. Yeah. Like, the, the Wheel of Misfortune. He's going to be strapped to one of those. And they want it to get faster and faster over time. So, they're basically spraying it with a fire hose. Yes. And he ha- uh, Terry has a device that, like, will incrementally uh, speed up the wheel... By applying more pressure with the water. Yes. So, th- that's, that's the, there's no, like, electricity. Nope. There, there's no, like, mechanical purpose. This is all hydro-powered. Yep. Uh, so, there's no, like, quick on, quick off here. No. They tie If they need to stop this. it, it's going to take a bit. They, they take Jonathan, they tie him to this thing, they turn the wheel on, and it is immediately going way too fast for a human body to really take this. Yes. But Jonathan's able to get, like, a hand and, like, a leg out. Yes. Before it reaches its next level, and Jonathan turns bright red. Yeah. And is, like, stuck to the wheel. And he starts screaming, stop, 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 stop. And they don't right away. No. And Jonathan realizes he spent all of his time worrying about dizziness and no time worrying about G-forces on his body. No! They've done no real research other than spinning around in an office chair. (laughs) Like, I I want you to really think about this. Imagine... You spun around in an office chair for like an hour to practice. And then then you were like, you know what I could probably do right now? Get on top of the Gravitron. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Jonathan's doing. They cut the water off. But guess what? It's still moving. Because there's no friction to make it stop moving. It's actually designed to keep spinning. So they're like, Mikey, come in with the brake. The brake is Mikey with a two by four. <laughs> Just kind of hitting it. It going clank, 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 clank. Nobody thought about anything no. about this. Uh. More importantly, let's say Jonathan stayed on this thing. Yeah. Right? And it got up to max speed. And Jonathan got free. He would have just flew off. He would have flown off. It would have been the most dangerous thing to get off of this thing. And 
I guess they did think a bit. <laughs> I'm just picturing when he gets three limbs out. Yeah, they just... <laughs> <laughs> him being thrown around like a skippet. <laughs> oh my god. I was just like, there's clearly no real planning <laughs> that went on here. Like, this episode to me adds so much legitimacy to this show where <laughs> the whole, like, idea of the show is Jonathan going, I think this will work. And sometimes it do, and sometimes it don't. <laughs> so we are now at a 50-50 rate. Yes. We are at four successes and four failures. But this is exactly why I love this show. Because he fails both escapes in this one. <laughs> Turns out spinning is not great for him. And there's also a big, like, argument where... And this is why I think it opens the show. Yeah. When he says, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> Terry's like... Why'd you take so long in turning the water off, though? Well, he said, slow it down, and I turned the water off. I turned it... I, hey, man, give me a break. I heard slow down. And so I turned it off, and then I thought, okay, now I'm waiting for a stop, and hell, I don't know. Maybe he yelled for stop. Stop, 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 stop. Just like, what were you listening to? <laughs> He, he very clearly yells, stop, 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 stop. Yeah, the fact that they're not even on the same wavelength between stop and slow down on this one <laughs> is so crazy. Like, to put it in perspective, jackass uses a clear safe word. Yes. When they yell Oklahoma, instant stop. Right. Just want to put that in perspective. <laughs> Jackass seems like it might be safer than the show. <laughs> my next note starts, the my first ep, uh, note on episode five is, I'm Jonathan Goodwin, welcome to Jackass. Yes. Because this is the tennis ball cannons. Yes? Yes. He is glued into boots, and then there is a shower curtain set up over his head with a leash kid backpack. Yes. Um, like the little backpacks you see it like kids wearing at Disneyland. Yeah. And then we, uh, Mikey plastic wraps his arms together. Mm-hmm. And through all this, there is six tennis ball cannons set up, again, in his home. And all glass tchotchkes all over the oh, place. Oh, th- this is the showmanship of yes. Jonathan here. Because they show him loading in a bunch of breakable stuff. Uh, behind him. He's yes. like, oh, he knows exactly what he's doing here. And he's got to escape while there are six tennis ball launchers just pointed at him. Yes. Mikey also gets... <laughs> Mikey's in like a riot suit. <laughs> yeah, but he gets hit a few oh, yeah. times. And by a few, I mean a lot. He gets hit a lot. Uh, so he, Jonathan has to escape while being pelted. Like, there's no real, like... You have X amount of time before the machines come on. Yeah. It's just like, no, we're hitting you with tennis balls. It's more fun that way. Yes. So he gets... Because this is a... We're studying propulsion here. Yes. Things being propelled. Uh, So the tennis balls are being propelled into him. Uh, And then he has to run and like turn the machine off. And I was like, okay, so he's probably going to have to, like, dodge something. 
Like the, the the Jeopardy in this is going to be something like impacting him. No, he's going to be the projectile. Yes. They have done the jackass stunt where it's a slingshot into a lake. They're going to tie him up. Yeah. And slingshot him into, or well, and slingshot him. They haven't decided what he's going to fall into. He's going to test that. Yes. So he gets on like this deck that's nine feet off the ground. So it's a 13 foot drop roughly. 13, yeah. And he's going to fall into a very shallow pool of water, a small bale of hay. Yeah. And mud. A thing of mud. They're like, not kiddie pools, but they're definitely, like, it's not a real above ground pool, mind you. It's kind of one of those inflatable pools. pools. Yeah. Yeah, that you would have, like, in the lawn in front of the dorms. Yeah. Two small things here. Yes. That I want to point out that really add legitimacy to Jonathan in this one. One, he has... A gigantic bruise on the top of his head from where he got hit by a tennis ball. Yes. So, and I saw that and I was like, oh my God, this is actually later that day. Yes. This is actually the same day where you got hit with a tennis ball. Minimally a day or two later. Yeah, at minimum. I really feel like they just went outside and did this. Potentially, ball. yeah. Like, But what I'm saying is the bruise is not yellowing. It is maybe the next day tops. Yeah. Uh, Two, while he does this, in the background, you can see the wheel he was tied to. Yes. Like, dismantled in the background. Like, I think they just showed these in order. Because, like, there's still just stuff around yes. from previous episodes. I actually, I did have a note here that you had noticed the water wheel when we were watching it. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to make sure you knew to say it. Because <laughs> I made a note that you noticed it immediately. Yeah. So uh, the hay is not that bad, but still hurts. Yes. Because not enough hay. This is, this is where, like, my wrestling mind comes in. Because he takes a front bump into all of this. Like, he falls chest first yes. into everything. And I was like, take a back bump. What are you doing? And uh, I, was, I thought you were going to mention the story where you did take a bump into hay. Oh. Yeah, we can tell that story real quick. Uh, so... All right, it's story time with with Noah. Story time with Noah. So, uh, I work for a company called Cosplay Pro Wrestling. We got banned from our first show. Like, the first show we ever did, we were like, you were never allowed to come back. We did, for our main event, it was Monkey D. Luffy versus Connor from Assassin's Creed. And I pitched a spot, which I thought would be really funny, which was Connor should get the upper hand and roll out of the ring. And then he should come back with hay. And he should throw the hay over the, his competitor and then do the leap of faith. So we are in what was formerly known as Gloucester County College, now known as Rowan of Gloucester County. Yep. We're in their theater. 
we were on stage and Connor hits a big move, walks off stage, comes out with a big trash bag full of hay. Potentially more hay than Jonathan Goodwin jumps into. Yeah. So I was thinking he just throws a couple handfuls on and people will get it. No. He gets in and he dumps an entire bag of hay on top of of, uh, Monkey D. Luffy. And the crowd goes crazy. The crowd starts chanting Leap of Faith. The guy I run it with, Mike, was like, you should just do wrestling for the rest of your life. Listen to that crowd. And I was like, yeah, this is pretty great. Uh, he hits the leap of faith. Everyone's exploding. Now, I play Giovanni in this company, and I was supposed to run in at the end of this and attack everybody. And there was going to be an impromptu battle royal. But the ring's full of hay now. So I grab the rest of my Team Rocket grunts and I'm like, listen, when we get in the ring and we attack these guys, we're going to throw as much hay at them as possible to get as much of it out of the ring as possible. (laughs) So we do that. All we do is make it airborne. Oh, my God. So now, like, it's just in the air. Everything is terrible for you now. Uh, We get... Like, the, the good guys come in to save the day. It was uh, CM Pikachu. Uh, it was uh, Sailor Jupiter. Uh, it was uh, the Heartbreak Pokemon Sylveon. And it was Uncle Yo. They chase us off, and they're like, let's have a battle royal. And I was like, all right, sure. I slide in to attack Uncle Yo. I hit nothing but hay, and I immediately slip and fall on my ass. <laughs> The just the evil Giovanni immediately looks like an idiot. Uh, and I'm going to say it didn't break my fall at all. No. But I was smart enough to take a bat back bump, Jonathan Goodwin. So, yeah, that's the hay story. This has been Storytimes with Noah. Storytime with Noah. <laughs> so, anyway. So, the water hurts and the mud does nothing. It's unhelpful, gross, and smelly. Yes. There's, like, manure in it. Yeah, like... (laughs) Unnecessary manure. It's literally there to just, like, mess with him and make him look silly. So, they get to uh, the stunt, and they are going to be (laughs) tying him into this chair. But he's not going to be tied to the chair. It's just his legs and his arms are going to be tied. And it is legitimately an office chair. It may, in fact, be the chair... From the Dizzy Spins. It probably is. And they have hooked these elastic bands to a crane. This way the crane can extend its arms and make it tauter and tauter and tauter. Mm-hmm. And then in 30 seconds, a electric knife will cut through some rope. This is also helpful because it makes a noise. So Jonathan knows, like, oh, it's coming. Yes. Because there's the threat that he thinks he's free, he gets up, and then it, the slingshot goes off and it decapitates him. Yeah. So, like, if you hear the knife, you have to stay seated there. Yeah. Uh, so this is, again, one of those ones where it's like, Jonathan's going in the lake. He, yeah, he, he has 30 seconds. To go inside this lake. Uh, what is... What, what would you say his success is on this? 
Uh, I have, he does escape, but not in time. He yes. goes in the lake. He goes in the lake, but he comes out of the lake not tied up. I mean... He doesn't need to be rescued. I, I did list it as a failure. I don't know if I want to Because he it ends up in the drink. I'm listing it as a failure because I'm not rewriting my list. <laughs> because I kept a uh, tally by episode. All right. I just want to argue. Of course you do. With you. Because I'm difficult. Uh, that... Had he escaped from the bees, it would have still been a successful escape, even though he didn't get out before the washing machine started. Yeah, let me just, can I just see something real quick? What, do you, what can you say? Can I just see something real quick? What? Don't, don't, no. Ow, 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 ow. Are you, are you good? Uh, no. <laughs> Guys, I, I think we're gonna have to call this one. We, I think we're going to call I, this one I, I was messing with the handcuffs and I think I legitimately may have tightened them too much for us to continue. <laughs> uh, so we're actually uh, going to we're going to hold for a second. Yeah, my, my success rate on this is at 0%. I'm no Jonathan Goodwin. Okay, so we're back. We're back. Um, I'm not handcuffed and I'm not drinking any more Mountain Dew as it is in the sink <laughs> yes uh that being said we are only halfway through the series and we have a lot more ground to cover so i think yes. we are going to make this 150 a yes yes we will we'll make this a two-part we haven't done a two-parter in a while and i legitimately love a lot of the things about this show and there's a lot of like juicy stuff coming up that i don't want to rush through so we're gonna go ahead and make this a two-parter happy and we uh we we don't trust my voice to hold out much longer. Yeah, this is also true. Uh, so at time of recording, there is a poll up on Twitter that by the time this goes up, will be closed. Yes. But our patrons will be choosing uh, what we'll be watching next. And uh, I'll have to edit in right now what the vote is between. Editor Noah sounding like crap. I hope you enjoy my raspy voice. Here are the choices for the patrons. Uh, you get to choose between The Island with Bear Grills on Discovery Plus or four WWE pilots. Those are four original 12-minute pilots that are available on Peacock. The choice is yours and yours alone. Thank you so much for being subscribed to our Patreon. And you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash plus2comedy and have a voice in what we watch here on the shoe. Uh, so, uh, thank you so much to our patrons, of course, uh, for making that tough decision that I just said, that I'm totally aware of. Uh, so, uh, real quick, I, I think before we go, we should kind of talk about the elephant in the room when it comes to Jonathan. Yes. Uh, so, with Jonathan, we were literally already watching the show. Yes. Uh, when it came out that he is paralyzed from the waist down. Yes. He had an unfortunate accident uh, during rehearsal of America's, America's Got, Got Talent. Talent Extreme. Yes. Uh, which the show aired. I, I have to do a little more research to see how the show addressed uh, Jonathan. I have not had the ability to do that yet. But we did want to address it and we did want to let uh, our listeners know we are aware of it. Yes. Just in case, we didn't want people to be like, did you hear what happened to Jonathan? Yes, we did hear uh, what happened Jonathan, Jonathan is also aware that we are recording this. Yes, we reached out to Jonathan a little bit and talked to him a little bit about uh, the show and he's very excited to hear this podcast, I assume. Uh, 
he's a really good Twitter follow. Yes. I really recommend you follow him on Twitter at the Daredevil. The Daredevil. Take that, Matt Murdock. Jonathan Goodwin is the Daredevil. Uh, I was looking recently. Uh, it was just him in a field. And he was just like, hey, I'm in a field just to show that I can still do this. It's yeah. a lovely day and I'm here. My wheelchair is really good and don't let limitations hold you back. I was like, Jonathan Goodwin's awesome. Yes, and he is going to um, be coming out with an effort to uh, help not only himself, but other people who have spinal injuries. So we don't know if he's going to come out with this plan uh, while we are recording this or the next episode. Uh, but don't be surprised if you hear from that and if we attempt to perhaps fundraise for that in the future. Yes. Uh, I mean, Jonathan Goodwin uh, inspired this show. Yes. And, like, I really appreciate this show's existence. And uh, I, I will get a little bit more into depth of, like, my feelings towards escapology and stuff like that. Because it is a big interest of mine that uh, I really enjoy. There will be more flowers given to Jonathan Goodwin as we continue through this show. Absolutely. Uh, so where can people find us? You can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you were able to drink an entire bottle of Mountain Dew Flaming Hot, please let me know at Plus Two Comedy on Twitter. If you have had to be a part and parcel to your partner's uh, failed escapology uh, 101 project, I'm at Bean Bunny Lives. Until next time, stay doomed.